Hi guys. Well, it's a it's a sunny morning, isn't it? And um, so it feels somewhat strange to be sitting here inside. And uh, I thought what I'd do is emulate my great uh, mentor Terry Virgo because whenever he preaches from home or has done a video from home, it's always had his bookcase in the background. And so I have moved specially today so that I have my bookcase in the background uh, so that I feel that I might be able to communicate possibly half as well as Terry. So today we're moving on in our series on the names of God and today it is God who is present, Yahweh Shema. And it's a great subject to have because uh, I love that story in the Old Testament for the people of Israel moving through the wilderness from Egypt to the Promised Land. Throughout that period of time, they had the presence of God very visibly with them in a pillar of cloud uh, and in the daytime and a pillar of fire at night. And the verses that I just want to read to you refer to that from Exodus. And the first one is from Exodus 13, verse 22. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. And Exodus 40, verses 36 to 38. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel, throughout all their journeys. Well, last week we would have been camping at Catalyst Festival, and I know there are one or two people, friends of mine particularly, who do not like camping. And uh, so this passage is to especially encourage them as the Israelites set out on 40 years of camping. And they had this extraordinary experience of the presence of God in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. And so I've always found that rather amusing that every day when they got up, they would have to uh, look out of their tent and see if the cloud was still there over the tabernacle or whether it had moved off the camp a little way. I don't know what you do when you wake up at Catalyst Festival in your tent. Uh, do you unzip and look out? to see the weather or to see your friends or to see who else is up or whatever? Do you think about going to get water, etc.? I bet the first thing you do is not look for the presence of God, but I bet that in those days, that was the first thing they did, to see if the presence of God was still there or whether today was a day to pack up all the stuff, load it on your donkey and follow the cloud. And so this presence of God was with them 24 hours a day, day and night. 
God never sleeps. God does not take a nap. God does not, in the words of Elijah, go to the toilet even. He is always close by, 24 hours a day. And he's always and everywhere with us. His presence goes with us. Do you remember during the journey, there was a point where God uh, threatened to withdraw his presence from them and give them someone else to lead them. And Moses pleads for them uh, and says, no, 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 God, we're not going anywhere without you. Please don't send us unless you go with us. And uh, that was their attitude as leaders throughout that time. God led them from place to place through the wilderness for 40 years. And every, every day they would have to wake up and see where the cloud was. Was the presence still there or were they to move on? So it was a 24-hour-a-day presence. It was also a presence that led them. And uh, they were guided throughout their life by this presence. And that was something that was very real to them because they would have to pack up and move on. And the presence of God was continuously throughout their journey from deliverance in Egypt through to the promised land with them. They just had to step out of their tent and see there he was. Well, it would mean that they were constantly aware of his presence. They were constantly, whatever they were doing in life, aware of his presence. And of course, a lot of them uh, did things that they were not supposed to do, despite the presence of the living God right there in their midst. And we can read about that in the Exodus story. But they were continuously in the presence of Almighty God. They were continuously aware of the awesomeness of God. And they were not allowed to approach this tabernacle when the cloud was there. Only, uh, only Moses was allowed to approach and they had to stay at a distance. But it was the awesome presence of God. They could never feel lonely, barren, bereft of the presence of the living God. I just want to share with you a little story about something that happened to me in Russia, um, just to illustrate. And I want you to come with me to a big train station in Moscow where some people are sending me off on a trip. I'm on my own. And I'm going to visit a church, the leaders of which I've met, but not their church or been to their town. And so I'm going on this sleeper train, south many hours on the train. And then I'm going to get off and they're going to meet me at the station. And of course, it'll all be fine. This is the Russian way. Uh, so we actually made it to the Moscow station on time, which was a bit of a miracle, of course. And then uh, they put me on the train and they talked to the uh, to the girl handling the carriage and uh, said to her, please, please wake him up 
so that he can get off at Lipinsk because the train was going to stop there, due to stop there at 5.30 or something like that. And um, I had to get up and get out of the, the train at that point. And uh, wisely, this lady said to me, by sign language, sleep with your feet by the door so that I can just slide the door slightly and grab a foot. And uh, that would mean that the others in the carriage wouldn't be disturbed. Good plan. And so I spent uh, a slightly embarrassing hour or so reading and then uh, avoiding conversation with three others in the, in the carriage. And then I went to sleep. Well, I was sort of aware that this train was rocking and Russian trains are very smooth and they, they tend to send you to sleep anyway, but this one was rocking and rolling and we were going very fast. And suddenly the door is pulled open and my foot's tugged hard. And I wake up, I looked at her and she said, Adin Minut, Adin Minut. And I thought, thanks, you know, for getting me up in time to have a <clears throat> quick wee or a wash or something before getting off of this train. And um, she kept worrying at me and we're clattering along and I'm trying to get dressed, put my trousers on, find my bag. And she's saying, Adin, Adin, one minute, one minute, come on. And it was panic stations. Well, this train stopped at Lipisk, something like 20 minutes early. And uh, I was shoved out of this train onto the platform. It's cold, there's snow everywhere. And uh, this babushka pushes past me and marches up to the engine at the front and looks up at the driver and starts yelling and shouting at him in Russian. I don't think she'd enjoyed that trip at all. And uh, she was shouting at him and pointing at her watch and eventually moved off. Well, I stood on this platform for some while, waiting for Misha and Olga. And here I am alone on this platform. The train's gone. It's very quiet. There's that sort of deadness of snow around. And on the platform, two military policemen who are staring at me. And I thought, I'll walk around the waiting room area uh, and I'll wander around and see if Misha and Olga are sitting in the waiting room and they weren't. And so I wandered out onto the platform again and thought, what do I do now? And the sense of utter, utter loneliness overcame me. I had no Russian to speak of. I couldn't communicate very well. I didn't know where I was going. I hadn't got a phone number at that time and I hadn't got an address. All I was told was Misha and Olga will come. Everyone else had left the platform and I just was overwhelmed with this sense of emptiness, farawayness. Gosh, I was in the middle of nowhere with no one to help. 
And I don't think I've ever felt quite so bereft of life, really, as I did in those moments. I think it was the, the worst time in my whole life for feeling alone. And then there's these two military policemen and I thought, oh Lord, don't let them start questioning me. Which reminded me that I could pray. And so I did. I prayed that these policemen would not interview me and I prayed that Misha and Olga would turn up at some point. Dear God, may they turn up. Lord. And suddenly, there was this overwhelming sense of the presence of God. It was like he just poured down on me and surrounded me. It was like I was in this tube of grace flowing out of heaven around me. It was amazing. I just stood there feeling the presence, love and grace of God. Misha and Olga did come late, of course, even for if the train had been on time, they would have been late. Of course, full of apologies, laughing, sorry, worried about my mental health. But God had been with me. He's ever present. Even in those snowy, far off places, as far as I was concerned, but home to Misha and Olga. God is everywhere. He is with them, even now as I speak. He's with Misha even now in his church meeting, however they're handling it, out there in Lipitsk. So I want to challenge you today. First challenge is this. Do you take God's presence seriously? See, the Israelites, they had to look out of their tent and see in the distance. I don't know if you've noticed, but we don't have a screen here on this screen. If you go to gallery view and hunt through everybody, you won't find a screen labelled God. It's not there. There is no screen labelled God. Or even Jesus. But what there is is the presence of the Holy Spirit in every screen, in every room. As you look at yourselves now, you're looking at the multifaceted, multi presence of the Holy Spirit in every living room and bedroom and wherever you're sitting right now, listening to me, God is there. He's everywhere, always. Don't take it for granted. Please consider today and in the week ahead more seriously that God is with you all the time. My second challenge is this, if you're feeling in that lonely place or there is some other crisis, don't wait like I did on that platform to turn to God and ask for his presence. Do it straight away.
And if you are lonely or in crisis, yes, that's the time to turn to him. But don't make it the only time you turn to him. When things recover, remember he's still there. Amen. Mm -hmm.